Welcome to Season Web 3 of the Infinite Attraction Podcast, where we uncover, rediscover, and riff on Miami tech culture with a human-centric take on the builder community. We are your boots on the ground to help you navigate all that's happening in the magic city. We dive into art, music, business, wellness, fitness, psychedelics, and any exploration into the decentralized world. And I'm one of your hosts, Elizabeth Irizarry. And I'm Chris Johnston. Welcome, welcome back. We took a little bit of another break, you know, because that's how we do life. Yep. Balance. Yeah, yeah. Happy St. Patty's Day. Is that is that today? No, it's oh, well, like uh, we're in between. I don't even know what day it is. We're in between uh, the weekend I think that was celebrated and then the actual St. Patty's Day. So this oh. is uh, this is Saint, this Happy St. Patty's Day. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's, Saint, it's always it's always the a week. celebration the day here in Miami. I can't keep track, but it's good to be here. It's been quite a few weeks. Uh, gearing up for what's coming next month so can you believe it's almost our one-year anniversary i know i know i think that's crazy and everyone's talking all about this miami tech week uh, or miami tech month, month. going on the bitcoin <laughs> and i'm like did y'all forget ultra is like coming up in a couple I mean, weeks yeah someone <laughs> asked me today uh are you guys doing anything for miami music week i'm like oh, don't even do <laughs> i have too yeah. many th- i'm mentally preparing myself for april Oh my gosh. Well, a lot is happening. A lot of good things that we're here to celebrate. Anything that you have to report on your end? Uh, Well, you're a speaker on uh, Miami NFT week. Yeah. Use code Chris Johnston, all one word for 20% off. And uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to that. I've been putting together a lot of informational material. We still haven't even shooken out like who's talking about what and moderators. But yeah, April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd at the Mana Winwood location. And that's going to be Miami NFT week. I am too excited to be a part of that. Yeah, we have a lot going on here on the show. A couple changes are going to be coming soon. It's been quite busy on this end, um, but our NFC project is still in the back. Our developers, you know, those devs. Yeah, <laughs> we got to give them some time to keep it working. But it's looking good. But I, I'm pretty sure we can we can announce that uh, we're going to be launching for Miami Tech Week. Yeah. Like we'll definitely have it ready in the next couple of weeks. A little bit, a little bit of time to promote. And uh, yeah, we got some really we got some really fun interactive. You know, like uh, not just JPEGs. You know, we're all about we're all about slinging JPEGs as NFTs. But these are our our uh, our NFT is not going to be a JPEG. It's spend more time with the developers and developers than it has in a community. By a lot, <laughs> by a lot, <laughs> which and, is what's interesting. And scope has absolutely exploded. But wait till you see some of like the the 3D effects we got going and the the bloom of these neon lights we got. It's it's looking it's looking really good. But uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of a lot of blockers uh, to when you're pushing boundaries like this. So the so show's on, on three seasons now, so it's three years it's been active, but officially two seasons since it's been active with you, mm-hmm. and, and we're going to be celebrating that soon. So stay tuned for maybe a little party celebration of our anniversary of Miami Tech Week and the inception of what season two of the podcast is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to, to me that, like, you know, I'm really looking forward because, again, uh, you know, a lot of people, it's like this whole Miami Tech movement started in, like, the... The December of 2020 uh, that hadn't really gotten to me yet that you had to kind of be like a, like a New York VC or a San Francisco VC to to really catch that wind but it was really what like when we felt at that Miami Tech week that they kind of all hit us at once that oh, I guess this is a thing is this a thing and we're like yeah this is a yeah, thing this is a thing yeah what? so it was actually right like a close to a year from now where we went to the cafecito talk and then yeah. I saw you like shortly after all the events and so today on the show I'm really excited for our guests so do we have a song why don't we introduce them? I think I'm just gonna. Oh, yeah, you got one. We have a song. Look at this. How we do on this show. We improvise well. So today on the show we have the executive director and strategic advisor. Those are two separate people of the Venture Miami. <laughs> Francis Suarez's Venture Miami. What's going on, Eric Kelly? Uh, so happy to have you on the show. Thank you guys for having us. It's really exciting to be here and check out this really cool space. I mean, this space is so wonderful. You uh, look around the room. You're chilling, right? It makes you feel very relaxed and chill. That's it's exactly nice that's exactly what John had in mind when he when he built the space for uh, for everyone here at Joel Radio. It's a vibe. It was love at first sight for us because we were like, well, there's a lot of podcast shows, and if we're going to talk about the essence of what Miami is and like what are, what's happening around the culture, everything, it needed to match our personality first, and it also needed to match the community. And you can't just do everything virtual. So we're like, the, I want our audience to hear the energy that is being lived through the conversation. When you're in person, you can actually feel it. When you're kind of on a Zoom call or recording, like normally podcasts get recorded, pre-recorded, you can't hear that energy and that vibe. Yeah. So then people like, are like, oh man, I want to hang out mm-hmm. and I want to know these people. <laughs> they can actually 
feel like they have to be like in person. Yeah, the only the there. only person Joe Rogan had virtual was a couple people during the pandy and Edward Snowden because he was stuck in Russia. Speaking of, wait, damn, what happened to Edward Snowden right oh now? He's in God. Russia. He must be he must be about to ooh, lose oh it. There's a lot of stress going on there. Anyway, uh, so you guys, so you guys, tangent, tangent. So so anyway, tangents are natural. So you guys. <laughs> So you guys are kind of like uh, you know a, a next a next iteration of this venture team, right? Because like, yeah. like it kind of felt like you know like like Sarasti went on, Saif went on. Uh, I'm sure other people did too. I, I don't really know. I don't know everyone. Uh, but uh, but yeah, was that was that kind of intentional? We're like, hey, let's kind of like do a little changing of the guards here. And yeah, it was it was fully intentional. So um, just for everybody's reference, I have been on for two months um, into this role of executive director, and before that, I was talking with Saif. I was mm-hmm. talking with uh, Mike and I was talking with Keith Carswell at the city and they brought me in around October to have a conversation. We were sitting at a Starbucks in Coconut Grove and they said, hey, Eric, we just want to talk about what's happening in the tech ecosystem, all the movement. I've been actively involved for years. So I said, of course, I would love to have the conversation. And then when I sat down, they said, also, this is an interview. Uh-huh. So, you know, <laughs> so uh, they kind of a little sneaky. But I mean, at the same time, um, they're they're wonderful leaders um, and they have inspired me in a couple of different ways from the different things that they've done from um, Saif continually connecting different aspects of the community, Mike pushing civic tech forward. Uh, those those really uh, stuck uh, a, a stake in the ground for me to know like kind of what direction I wanted to head in. And when they put the offer up uh, about a month later, uh, they said, hey, can you come to the city to talk to the mayor? And I'm like, sure, I would love to do that. Uh, and <laughs> I uh, came to the city. I thought this is going to be interview number two. Right. Um, and I'm getting prepped right outside of his door and I walk in and the mayor comes in. You know, the mayor is the coolest, big personality, yeah. coolest mayor yeah. ever, politician He's a cat. I've ever yeah. I've ever met. And in, 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 seriously. And he, he came in and he said, hey, Eric, how you doing? We have met previously before. Dap me up and everything. Uh. And then, <laughs> like, awesome, man. And, and we sat down and he looks at Sife and he says, what are we doing here? And. Sife said, oh, well, we're here to evaluate whether or not Eric is a good fit for the role. The mayor looks at me. He says, Eric is the guy. Like, we don't need to have this conversation anymore. And it (laughs) ended right there. And we just started talking about what we're going to do moving forward. And the intentionality um, that was set uh, in that moment for me, I'm like, let's go. Feeling good. I'm feeling good. Let's, Let's make some things happen in Miami. And, you know, Miami uh, has this kind of aura of, um, being fanciful and and being very very loud and being being very um, I guess the best word would be to say um, we people say that we're a lot about flash but I think in this last year we've really shown that we're backing that up with some really strong action even if that action is very startup like and that's what I love so much about it I come from startup role my in this venture Miami role I work out of the city I'm a city employee but I have never felt more like in a being in a startup in, in my oh, yeah. life so it's been amazing. So what about you, Kelly? What's your? Uh, how did the Justice League approach you for the this? this? <laughs> <laughs> so funny story. Actually, it's been one year since I met you. We met at Lagniap. Andres was the one that introduced yes. us. And at that point, I was seeing what was going on in Miami with this whole movement, and I was like, "Wow!" I was working at the University of Miami, and so I approached our leaders. I was like, "Hey, look at what the mayor's doing. I really think that we should have a seat at this table." And so I started kind of proactively reaching out to Saif and the team and just kind of, you know, saying, hello, this is, you know, consider the University of Miami a partner in everything that you do. And then there was an opportunity where um, the mayor reached out to the University of Miami and said, hey, we're looking for a representative from the U. Can you send someone? And so I had been planting the seed. And um, eventually they asked me if I'd like to represent the University of Miami. And I said, yes, absolutely. So I spent about four months um, really aligning University of Miami tech efforts to align with what was going on in the city. And then um, recently, you know, there was an opportunity when we started changing over um, to come on to Venture Miami full time. And so, you know, it was a no brainer for me. I love everything that we're doing. I still get to work with the University of Miami and bringing them, you know, keeping them informed on what we're doing. And so now what I do is lead up our strategic engagement and community impact side. Wow. Look at this. It was like it was meant to be or something, right? Exactly. <laughs> the stars just aligned. It was beautiful. 
So let's go back a little bit. And I would love, you know, the show isn't just about Venture Miami. It's also about you. And and then we'll get to, obviously, the tribe and everything that we've got to talk about today. But I want to know a little bit about you both. So why don't we start with Kelly? Sure. So, like I said, I came from the University of Miami. Um, Brand new into the tech world. I have never held a technical position. However, um, learning a lot and it's really exciting. What I'm loving the most about this is how this movement is really, you know, by Miamians for Miamians. So really identifying kind of like the ways that we can connect the community. That's always been a passion for me. And now I get to, you know, really work on that day to day. Aside from that, you know, typical, uh, been in Miami my whole life, pretty much. I was born in Colombia. And, you know, just growing Miami into, you know, seeing all of our um, leaders in the last 10 years working at the university, trying to get Miami Tech to be a thing. Now being here and, and seeing, experience it in person, that like that makes me go every single day. So um, as of now, just kind of head down working and, and that's what I my days revolve around. Well, I, I can't admit, but I have to say this, like a Latina woman, doing what you're doing <laughs> representing and a local i'm sorry that's like points for us so <laughs> let's go i had to i had to all right shoot all right so um i came to miami eight years ago uh originally for law schools i was in the university of miami uh and about <clears throat> halfway through uh i started talking to some of my advisors and they said hey eric you you still thinking about going to corporate law and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to corporate law. I'm going to make so much money. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and they said, you're going to hate it. <laughs> and I said, why? I work really hard. I'm, I, I do what I'm supposed to do, like all these things. And they said, well, you're not going to hate it because you're not going to necessarily fit there. It's just that there's going to be a lot of work that you do that's not going to be truly impactful in the way that you think it's going to be. And that's going to crush you very slowly mm-hmm. and very shortly. And I took a very huge pause. I was like, okay, I'm doing these things right. I'm doing well. Um, I'm not a straight A student, but I'm definitely getting good grades. So I'm going to find my way into a firm. So am I making the right decision? So when I took a step back, I started looking at some of the things that I used to love to do. Uh, and, And one of the things that I had always said to myself, I was like, I wanted to be an engineer. I was like, at one point in college, I really wanted to be an engineer. Why didn't I do that? Because I didn't know anything about being an engineer. And I got scared. And I went into philosophy and psychology because I know those things really, really well. And so I kind of went back and said, why was I scared in the way that I was? Uh, And I said, I'm going to pursue that. I'm going to look into seeing whether or not that's something that I truly want to do. So I hit up a friend of mine. He was an engineer at the University of Michigan because that's where I went to undergrad at. And he said, Eric, you should look into doing these things and talk to your local community uh, and see what people are doing what so you can get plugged in. I said, sure, I'll get plugged in. But I'm like, where do I get plugged in at? So I'm looking at Meetup and I'm looking at people doing different types of um, groups. And I stumbled upon Venture Cafe uh, Miami. And Venture super Cafe, OG. super OG. Yeah. And I just so happened to meet the woman who started Leanne Buchanan uh, at a legal function because she was an attorney in a past life. So mm-hmm. when I met her at that function, I said, I'm going to stalk you because I really want to work in this space and I want to do something in space. I just don't know what it is. Please let me intern with you. I really want to do it. And she took a chance on me. I had nothing to do with startup or anything to do with tech at all at that moment. And she took a chance on me. So, so this you is, had your JD at this time? I, I'm in my JD at okay. this time. I'm still in law school at this time. Wow. This is still the towards the end of the second year okay. uh, of, my, of, of being here but in Miami. But the bravery to ask. Yeah, it smart. it took so much. I'm an introvert by nature. I know I don't because no. I've been doing all these talks. To <laughs> Everybody's like, "No, you're not," and I'm like, "I'll honestly say I was." <laughs> Energy wise, like I was, like talking took so much out of me. But now I'm in this like ambivert or I'm an extrovert. I don't know. I'm not gonna get in that Let's debate just throw right those, now. Those Let's throw out. those terms out. We, we don't are. label here. Yes. We exist. Yes. We are. Yeah. I like that. So. Um, moving into to, to kind of this new wave, um, this the very second Venture Cafe I was working in. So I was handing out beer to people and just talking to people about what they were doing. And after handing out so many beers and talking to so many people, <laughs> I started figuring out what roles and what things existed in tech. So after finding out what roles and what things existed in tech, I said, I want to do something in design. I really want to do that. So I took another leap and I said, if I don't 
find a tech position by the end of this year, I'm going to stay in law for at least two to three years so I can get some money together and then take another leap back into school or something else, the traditional routes. And I just uh, ended up getting accepted uh, for a scholarship into a boot camp called Ironhack um, mm. that exists down here. Mm-hmm. And with that scholarship that I got, I ended up doing user experience design. I finished that. And in the and while I was finishing it, I found out that I passed the bar exam. And when I oh, found out God. I passed the bar exam, I said, oh, great. I still don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just took it as a like as a um, as a catch net. I was like, I, did, I don't want to fail. So as I finished forward and I moved that, I said, OK, I'm going to go into tech and fast forward um, to that was the end of 2018. I ended up getting my first uh, position in tech as a user experience designer where I was helping eventually lead a product uh, that was a back-of-house product for restaurants because we were doing a POS systems for restaurants and everything, uh, tech for restaurants generally. Mm -hmm. And so I was helping design and manage their their, uh, B2B play, and from there ended up moving more to tech after that. So um, that was kind of my initial role. Then I moved into more civic tech, and then from moving into civic tech, I went to the Center for Black Innovation, and then from and that was last year. So then from moving from the Center for Black Innovation, I eventually moved into this role. So those steps from starting in technology initially about, you know, four years ago, uh, three, four years ago, ended up pushing me into tech that was going to be more impactful, which is what I really wanted, mm-hmm. to moving more into, okay, how can I leverage and use tech, not just design it, to help people get both get into tech, leverage tech to better affect their lives and then better help people use tech so that they can have more economic mobility. And then that positioning kind of led me into being able to position myself for this role where now I start to think about it more broadly. How do we create systems that enable that more broadly as opposed to like these one-on-one situations that I was doing moving into Mm -hmm. the role initially? And I love that you share this story because this is a lot of the conversation that I think we as a community have been having lately is helping the local Miami community who has been the very um, not very technical and yeah. doesn't know of the opportunities that exist. It's the community that when you think of opportunity, you think of leaving. And and now that has changed. Like I, I was raised here and I all my friends from high school, they all left. Um, for career opportunities and and for school and I stayed and it was a really tough time because I felt like I was the um, least smart person Mm -hmm. because I didn't go Um, and it it all worked out I mean I went into design I wanted to do design I wanted to do work for people and I went into commercial design and then eventually I got sucked by the sales you know side and once you go there your heart and soul starts to get torn apart in pieces (laughs) But it, then I, re- I realized, like you, I'm not doing anything impact-driven anymore. I want to find my community. And this happened. And yeah. just, like, uh, honestly, out of thin air, I feel like I've been manifesting it. I'd been searching and doing my own research and leaving the traditional route of, of learning and kind of learning my own way. Um, and, and I found the community where I think just it was very entrepreneurial it was creative it was technical and I had a little bit of all of that I just never considered that I would ever be a tech person because I don't look like one (laughs) per you know society um and whatever I had learned honestly movies (laughs) and so that's how we learn a lot of things so I had to like re kind of break some of that stuff down I I still think I'm not as technical as some people but I actually consider myself to be pretty technical and tech savvy yeah but it's more of my creative design and my business development side that I can kind of have ha, can has a synergy with you know tech, and and just like you, it's led me to this path to this community that now I feel like I have to take care of. I don't know what yeah. how what, and how what that means, but it's building these relationships. Well, I think that's I think uh, Eric and I were talking before and about like this. I'm not 
what what it means to be technical and like I'm yeah. not in tech but really I mean first of all like all of the kind of really successful companies around here uh the ones that are doing anything everyone's building tech in some way either even if you're a sales guy you are still you you need to help improve your process to make life easier for your customers and you're building it with tech yep. and uh, so no matter what role you're in I think we should kind of really make a stand here to push like you know like I and I know at the, at the like the Adamo happy hours I'm always like oh, are you in tech and like no and like and, the, and like what do you do and he's like oh like marketing like seo i'm like so wait a minute like <laughs> all google sounds like tech to me man you're you're part of the tribe i don't i don't know why everyone doesn't feel included in this like tech label that's like a, yeah really i give it out question. i give it out wherever you want like, yeah that's a really good question i mean a lot of it has to do with those images that we have that you think about a tech person as like this person that's in this computer and there's this matrix happening on their screen where all this code is flying around. <laughs> and it's, that's not tech. Like that, that's not what tech actually is. They're, the people who do that are a very small percentage of the actual tech jobs that exist. And most of the people who utilize tech and are in tech leverage technology that is built by people who are software developers and data architects and things of that nature. So while there's still a huge amount of people who do software development, and and, and if you want to do that, please, by all means, do that. But there are so many positions that say, hey, I don't know how to create data pipelines, but I do know how to leverage data to do marketing better. And that's a, pl- a software that I use. Right. So there are ways to get into tech and lean into tech that makes it feel more comfortable than I need to be a software developer outright. No, you don't. Because you don't. And honestly, you're probably too late if you're if you're (laughs) to be honest, if you're listening now, don't be a software engineer. Like there's going to be 12 year olds out there that had their whole childhood to learn it. And and but it doesn't mean you you don't get to know like, oh, I don't know what an API is like. You know, you still have to know that like API calls are made and then it returns back stuff from the database. What information's there? Is it possible to get that? Like all those questions, like you don't have to be a software engineer to like understand how the pipes work and how to make like, you know, how to work with people like that to make your life better and build this product because everyone's building products. Yeah. And to Elizabeth, the second part about community, really important, right? Because if you feel like this community is just people who talk in this language that you cannot penetrate and get into, you get stuck really quickly. Because you'll go to a Chris Adamo event, mm-hmm. right, at Freehold. You'll sit there for two seconds and somebody will say something like, oh, well, when I looked at the ROI, you're like, oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> and then you freak out and then you're like, I'm not, I, I shouldn't be here. Why am I here? And that, that sounds like a very visceral reaction for somebody who's in the community. Like, me and Kelly go to events all the time. We would never feel that way, but that's because we've ingratiated ourselves in these communities and having these conversations. And that's a call for us as a community to do a better job of creating, and Chris uses this phrase, so I'm going to steal it, on-ramps for people to actually start to come into the community more easily than come to this event and see if it works for you. Like, that's that's one way, but that can't be the only way. No, there has yeah. to be better access to be, points. Yeah, there has to be a variety of different things that are included. And like you were mentioning, Kelly, we met like a year ago at that event for the first time. I was fresh in tech, you know, like Same. not really, nothing, didn't know a lot. I remember going to some events and talking to some of the people and they're talking about um, – I don't know, like series this, series that, rounds and blah, blah. And I was like, I didn't know much. And I was like, what the, what, the, what are we talking about here? And so I was just like, you know, just pretending, which I think is what everybody does, to be honest. We're all just pretending. We're all trying to make it, you know. So I, I think at the same time, I, I just like sat there and I was listening. And it was like, in my mind, I was making a list of words yeah. <laughs> without like t- taking out my phone. Uh, I was like making the list of words. And later I would go back and do like all my research just to like, you know, s- but for some people, that's very intimidating. That's not a reason to go back. Exactly. Right? And, and it's not only, you know, I don't know the terminology. I don't, you know, this is a new area for me but a lot of people think they don't belong right and so our job is to really say hey I felt that way once upon a time and here is our hand this let let us guide you and connect you to the resources that will get you to be where you want to be to feel like you are in this tech space and you know a lot of us can really struggle with like imposter syndrome right even a year in I, like we said, we're not so technical, but every day is a learning experience. And every day we come across um, resources that we say, hey, our community really needs to know about these. Because, you know, M- Miamians, if you look at, you know, historically, 
we don't, our families, we're not in technical jobs, right? So we don't have like, at least I don't, I don't have a family member that I can look up to and be like, hey, how did you get here? You know, like this is all of us trying to figure it out for ourselves. And, you know, one thing that I want for all Miami's is to figure out how to make generational wealth for themselves, right? And that is the crossroads that we're at right now. There's a huge opportunity here in Miami. And now it's just here. Here is how you take advantage of it. And this is how we do it. And this is how we do it together. So, you know, having conversations like these, it's, this is how, how it's done. Stories are important. Yeah. I always say I don't have the, the money, the family money. I have to start making it now for them for the future. <laughs> no pressure, but, um, yeah, yeah. Me too, man. but it's, you know, that's all we're all trying to do is, is we're all doing our best. And, and often it's like, it's the way we approach community and it's good to be humble. It's good to be vulnerable because people need to know because often the biggest thing is you feel like you're the only one and it's not just the imposter syndrome. It's like your own, you battling your own ego. Yeah. Um, and so people need to know like how your story and how, how, what it took for you to get involved in the community. So I, every time I could push up any resource that took me months or weeks to find, I put it out yes. anywhere on Twitter. I tell a friend, I send it. If someone sends me a message, I try to respond, even if I can't right away, cause I don't have the answer just because I know that I would have appreciated it along the way. So it takes a little bit of effort, but like, I know it's the effort that I would have appreciated along the way. And something that I was just on a small panel for Codar and E with Microsoft, she gave this amazing speech. She's an AI. And um, one of the things that, that she said, one of the biggest concerns is basically the information, the data bias that is in that that's the biggest issue that they face. And I, it made me think that it's the same thing with the tech community and building a, a, a tech like ecosystem yeah. is the data bias. Like if you don't have a community as a whole involved and only one likes group, one silo of a group is inputting information to, to grow an ecosystem, it's that is not yeah. sustainable. Exactly. That means the data is not relevant. It is only going to poach a certain group of people and it's not going to look at us as a community as a whole. Um, and that is not how you create diversity. That is not how you create something sustainable. So I was like listening to her talk about AI, but I was like, no, this is bigger than this. This is like <laughs> the whole community. Yeah. And it touched me because I felt like that's our job here. Uh, we want growth, right? We want yeah. growth and we want to continue educating the community. We want to continue providing jobs. It can't just be jobs for new people coming in. It needs to be jobs for our local community. Yes. So it's so important for them to raise their hands with their concerns. And with those concerns, that's data that we also collect, not the concerns from the people coming in. 100%. Eric and I were actually having a conversation today on how, how do we get more creative to really tap yes. into the communities that don't know what's going on. The ones that, you know, there a lot of people are in tune, but we have to get very, very creative because Miamians might, like we were saying, they might not think this is for them. So how, and, and we encourage actually community participation. If you have any ideas on, on how we can reach these communities that don't know what's going on, that is honestly one one of our, our biggest focuses at the moment. Just tell them, tell them to come to Freehold tomorrow night. Uh, what else <laughs> What else do you need to know? Be- well, and, and that's a good question, right? So I, I ask myself whether or not putting out an open invitation in that way is the best way to reach everybody that I yeah. would like to reach, right? And it, the, the, there's a reality You almost, you almost have situation. to be like invited to that. Like you need, you need right. like that Correct. one. So with the, with uh, Upstream, we have this small little group. We started a, a, like an ambassador group and then we grew a few people. We added them because we're trying to support the Miami tech community. Right. So anyone that, because they already have a lot of members that are right. in there. So what we've said is like, we're going to do like office hours so that you can meet us before the event. So you'll That's meet a, a few people go. in a smaller setting and then we're going to walk you into the happy hour and and you're not going to feel alone. So we're we're testing it out. It's a new thing like it's it, so like bear that. with us, but yeah. it, it's we're going to open it up to more people and and I've supported Upstream on this because I loved the the fact that they have a community and that they're trying to figure out what to do as well. Right. And so there's a lot of people from out of town that are new and they feel safe there because there's a lot of like transplants, you know, that are That's in wonderful. there. So it's like, okay, let's do this. Why don't we 
do a few groups at a time. You can do a soft like, you know, off like office hour kind of networking setting. Talk to us on a more personal level. And then we who have already been here a while going to like maybe too many of these <laughs> will walk in with you and then we'll int- we'll introduce you to some people. That's wonderful. Um there's there's definitely Venture Miami should be an method of amplification for things of that nature, right? There there should always be, hey, we're trying to test out, pilot, do this smaller version of getting more people involved, and we just want to figure out ways to let more people know about this. And that's that's a call for us to say, let's make sure that more people know about this and get involved in the community because there's, there's a reality that Venture Miami has been extremely effective at when people want to come here, we help them come here, right? Like, how can I help? Like, that has been very, 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 very easy for us to say, hey, you're coming to Miami, you're bringing in 50 jobs, we're going to make this happen. And then we make <laughs> it happen. And then now there's 50 jobs that are open up. Obviously, given the fact that everything is not everything, but a lot of things are remote, there's uh, other aspects to that. But moving forward, the goal is having these initiatives that we have set out for Venture Miami in tech, in education, in talent, to make sure that they're open and accessible to the residents and people and community that has been here this entire time. So we have to do more and more and more creative ways, like Kelly was mentioning, to make sure that we're creating points of access to say, hey, you never thought that tech was for you? Guess what it is. <laughs> it it yeah. is for you, and it's, and it's something that you can use in order to better either your career or impact your life in a positive yeah. way. I mean, first of all, newsflash, if you're not, then you're kind of getting left behind. You know, let's, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it sounds, no, like, I, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. But like, you know, I mean, the the job of tech is to just try to automate like monotonous, repeatable like things. So yeah. if you find yourself in a job, then you're doing things that are extremely predictable and repeatable. Like, you know, I, I work very hard every day to replace those things and, 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 and not to replace the workers, but just to make the people more effective to let them do the human side of it. Because, Correct. you know, like, you know, you, like a lot of people say, oh, I coded up an AI to do this. But like a lot of them don't actually test it against just regular intelligence. Correct. Like, you know, like yeah. the point is you have to make something that's better than a human just looking at it and saying, oh, I know what's going on exactly. here. Yeah. And, uh, and and yeah, but I, I really liked uh, I really like what you were saying again, kind of before the show about. You know, like you said, I feel like this V1 of Venture Miami was very much about like putting Miami on the map. We're here, start attracting people. But then it sounds like, you know, the kind of theme uh, of, of your task force now is to be like include the people that are already here. Give them something to talk about besides raising rents and more about like, OK, well, there's also raising like base salaries. Correct. And, and, yeah, and there's a floor. whole bunch of different approaches. Right. And there's, there's one thing that everybody should understand. Venture Miami and the way that it was stood up was a reaction to the yeah. popularity that Mayor Suarez kind of put out when he put that tweet out, right? Mm-hmm. And so its main role during that time, and Kelly was there, so I know she can speak effectively to it, was to make sure that the influx of people that were coming in felt like they had a community to come actually come to. And Miami's community responded in kind by saying, we're here, we're open, and we're doing all these things. But we all have to remember that that community that was here was already in tech and the people that are coming in are already in tech. So we spoke the same language and things clicked very quickly. So it didn't matter if you were coming from New York to coming to Miami. We already spoke the same language. You just had a different uh, approach to how you thought about tech should be driven in Miami as opposed to how we think about how it should be done. But we already speak the same language. So even if we debate, we're still speaking to each other and we're still communicating and growing with each other through that. That has not been translated completely to the community that exists here. And that's this second wave and second growth that Venture Miami is going through now to say, how can we make sure that those points of accessibility that are supposed to be there for the community and are already there for people that are coming in are there for people who really want to be in tech. That's great. That's great. Because I got to say, in person, it really is coming back. You know, I've, I even my office up in, uh, like, you know, we, we've always been largely remote, like a, a, definitely a global team. But I was there the other day and, you know, like the, the bosses got back from vacation. Like there was a lot of people there and there was yeah. people kind of in from Paraguay and, and, uh, and Guatemala. There was a lot of people that were that were there, like the POs and the scrum masters. They all did like a like an agile conference and it felt really good. I've had an opportunity to hang out with some of the Lula guys down there in South Miami 
and yeah. like that office is so awesome. Like <laughs> the fact that first of all, people are there, and and, you know, and they get a lot of opportunities to do on sites with like customer success teams and bring everyone in and and get it together. I know Delian, you know, speaking of the tweet, uh, you know, he's like all about having people in there talking about it. We're obviously sure. kind of an in person people, so where are you going to get all these people? You know, like you know, <laughs> you're going to have to leverage the ones that live here. So I just yeah. think it's so valuable 100%. that you guys are, you know, because that's that's really what it is. Like everyone talks about like feeder schools, like like you know stand like you know you need a yeah. feeder school, but you know at the same time we think we all agreed that you know maybe the schools is not the best measure of someone, and you need people you know that are a part of the culture. And remember what tech is. Tech is tech is breaking down normal. Sh- structures and mechanisms for how we educate people right so the four-year uh kind of stint that somebody goes through in order to learn something and then eventually get a job has constantly been challenged in this last decade and so when you're talking about what does somebody need to prepare for a tech position i just told you a story of myself who went from not being in tech to completely being in tech and i went through a boot camp and i'm not saying i will be very clear (laughs) i am not saying that boot camps are the way to go for all people in order to get into tech but I am saying that tech is different in the sense that you do not need traditional methods in order to make sure that you go through it. MDC has been leveraging that a lot recently by saying, go through this certification or go through this other certification. And these certifications are geared specifically towards getting a career in these types of companies. Now you can be a cybersecurity in, in nine months or something of that nature, mm-hmm. right? So that's where we need to start heading. And I appreciate MDC, FIU, and the different institutions that we have starting to be a little bit more responsive and flexible in catering towards these tech positions that are open because all these positions that are open are largely entry-level positions. So you don't need... They really are. Yeah, you don't need years and years and years and years and years of tech uh, experience in order to get into them. You need some, but a lot of that could be done through education, and so there's a gap that exists there. And we need to start figuring out how to better fill that gap. So speaking about a gap in education, part of the reason you're here is for some of your creative partnerships. Yeah. And and some new, I would say, flexible learning experiences. And and I'll share my story before we get too deep into Tuttle Tribe. But um, I'm an ambassador. So everyone in the audience knows because I've been promoting it for quite some time. I've been in the community uh, I'm with glad Michelle. I know it's Tuttle now. I thought it was the Toodles. Tuttle. Julia Tuttle. I've been, I've been, Julia Tuttle. That's where it comes from. This listen, is what we. This is I, what I deal with. I just thought it was Tuttle. So, like, but know. let's talk a little bit about it. Uh, the Web three, uh, Web three equity community, um, founded by Michelle Abs. Yeah. It's it's really a wonderful community. I got involved very early on because I wanted to learn more about Web three in the space, but amongst other women, just because you feel a little bit more identified. And so with that, I've already done at least two certificates. I did one that we got a scholarship for through the community, and it was um, a great like certificate every day, every every realm it was. um, And it was like a metaverse Web3 certificate. Very like, I mean, I blew my mind what I was learning there. Um, and then I've, I'm doing another one through through the community as well. And it's just been a great resource. We've done a lot of breakout sessions like Dinner and Learn, which I know, Kelly, you went to one of them, maybe more than one, actually. Um, so we've hosted a lot of different events. And purely it was a free event, really. It was very little that you had to pay. It was only to, for us to cover yeah. the bare minimum. And the purpose of it was so that we can actually do a setting where we can learn in person. Because yeah. a lot of the Web3 learning is all online and you make a lot of mistakes. And so many of us had made so many mistakes that we said, well, why don't we try to help the local community and help onboard them? Part of it, we were seeing so many jobs in Web3. So many. And the qualifications are like nothing. So because there is no there are no experts in Web3. Especially because the the biggest one is community manager. Like talk about a non-technical job. Like and and to be good at it. Exactly. Everyone does. Because every every Web3 because that's really the there's no more salespeople anymore. They're all community managers. Like because it's not about no one wants to be sold. We've heard it all. I've you know we get we get we get a scam text every single day you feel it yeah. you know like the people really want to actually like you actually have to convince people not just Correct. sell them an idea and Correct. i think that's what community is and talk about an on-ramp i mean just like be on social media talk to people listen to what they have to say answer their questions 
get them in the right direction and then you know and and, and talk about and, and and again i think it comes down to exposure too because i was going to ask you like okay so you did those two certificates but like how much have you learned just being in the web, web through equity i well, feel like that's uh, what well honestly yeah i had a lot of of my own like <laughs> learned experience from just diving deep and buying um pro- buying into projects um asking friends joining twitter spaces and then it kind of just grew to another level because whatever maybe i didn't have the opportunity to ask because we're in a different setting where it's just women there there's no like you don't know i don't know like i just i'm just asking um sometimes a bro vibe you can't really ask in that setting yeah. so it was easier to ask with the ladies and just ask any question and we were uplifting each other finding each other job opportunities that was another experience that was like that blew my mind how much support like we were getting from just helping each other that maybe being a part of the greater larger community you weren't getting so it, it really just was so beneficial personally for me and I know there's a lot of women that have shared their stories on projects that they've begun we have one when Sharonda who's like a nurse and now she's starting her own DAO like it's oh, incredible so and, and so like there's so many women that want to tap into it and they maybe were they, they just had some fears behind it they didn't yeah. feel comfortable they didn't know enough and now being surrounded by other women in the same mental space you know and the same they they're they have the same fears the same questions we're here uplifting each other and so that's how this came about and how the Tuttle uh tribe came about so um so i, I know absolutely nothing about this Tuttle. so i, I don't know kelly elizabeth who yeah. knows who knows so um i'll back us up a little bit and yes. kind of talk about how venture miami got involved and so i was fortunate to meet michelle abs during nft basel when i was already part of the venture miami team and Wonderful i was conference. blown away by her leadership and how courageous she is in this in this field and i was like wow this is really a woman to watch and really you know if i'm trying to learn this is this is a leader that i i really want to get behind so anyways months go by and um then i see what michelle's doing on instagram talking about web3 equity and women in web3 i was like okay I don't know much about this either, but I'm here to learn. So I reached out. She said, yes, please come to this dinner. And then while we were sitting at the dinner, the first one, I was like, Michelle, like, I love what you're doing. You're onboarding women to the space. That is, it's hitting exactly what we're trying to do with Venture Miami. And it's to educate people, you know, for other opportunities. And I was like, how about we talk about a a possible partnership? She was like, okay. So at that point, Eric was literally just joining the team. Yeah, I think it was like week one. Or week, I like think that. it was like day one. And <laughs> and Eric and I really, we had a conversation about what the future of Venture Miami was going to be like. And then immediately I was like, hey, this is look at what Michelle's doing. Look at this group. We we need to support them. We need to highlight and support what they're doing. And really, you know, and then we looped her in and, and we started um, the conversation. And now here we are the day before the big launch tomorrow. Um and, you know, I couldn't be more thrilled. There's, you know, it's going to be an amazing day tomorrow. Um, and really, it just speaks to, like, this is one of the only cities in the country built by a woman, you know. And that, and it's Women's History Month. Like, there is just so much that ties into what's going to happen tomorrow. And, you know, I really, really hope that um, we, 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 everyone takes an opportunity to go learn and continue uh, building opportunities for themselves. Yeah. So, Chris, I, what little you know about the, the Tuttle tribe. So just to give you an idea. So um, the Tuttle tribe is a collection of 3,050 NFTs, um, the tribute to Julia Tuttle, who was one the mother of Miami. And um, in honor of that, the mayor has, like, you know, collaborated with Web3 Equity. And there is an event tomorrow, an in-person event at the PAM. I did know that. So, and <laughs> the NFT will be minting in person and obviously live. So it'll give the opportunity for the guests that are actually in person to mint first. And those who have already, you know, been in the allow list to mint. And so it's a really great opportunity. It's not being sold necessarily as a PFP and you're trying to grow and sell it and resell it. Like, I think it's it's more than that. It's like access to, to the community as a whole, to educational resources, to events that are already being held. Um, access to other things that are going to come out soon. So it's really, 
I think, a good project, a different project. The art is different. Um, they have an Emmy award-winning artist who has designed the, the collection. So it, it's very Miami. It's very yeah, Miami, yeah. very 305. Like yeah, it. very 305. There's uh, all the Miami terms are on there. You could see them. It's cute. Uh, so there's it's going to be a wonderful event tomorrow. So tell me, like, what inspired the mayor to support this? <laughs> <laughs> Education. Right. So we, we were literally just having this conversation about, you know, exposure education for communities that need more exposure and need more visibility into tech. This is what this is. Right. So I think people's focus is on the, the NFTs, but I want people to really focus on NFTs being a tool for education into technology generally, at least in terms of this event specifically. And it's great <clears throat> that we're showcasing an artist and putting out work. But, you know, for me, and I, and I, and I think I um, speak for, for the city in this respect, is that it offers an opportunity for education in a way for people who want to get into tech, want to get into Web3 specifically, but have not been able to do so yet. So that's the primary driver for, for this and the way and the ability for us to make it look like sexy and like make it actually something that people want to do. That's a that's a cherry on top. I love that. Like I, I think that's how all education should be. It should be relevant to the group that it's being um, aimed at. And if this is something that resonates with people and they say, I think that I would I would love to go to this. This is at the Pam, wonderful venue, right? Um, this is an artist who makes wonderful art, and this is a cause that everybody can get behind. It, it made too much sense. To yeah, do, to not do. And, and they welcome obviously women, men, non-binary supporters. It, it's really to become a holder and unlock like the access to that utility um, through edu- educational experiences. So it, it's not necessarily that NFT that you actually it would be a great PFP. I mean, I'm probably going to be switching <laughs> over to that soon. But it, it is a little bit more with that. Like you said, it's like your practice run into owning yes, an NFT correct. first of all. Correct. So you get to own one through mm-hmm. this experience. But hey, by the way, this is like going to school except it was 0.05 ETH and you can buy up to five of them and give them as gifts to your friends so if you have someone who you're trying to invite into the space but maybe they're like oh I don't know whatever $100 as a gift that you can give to a friend and now they have this in their wallet and wait it's not just a, a, an image on there, a JPEG there. It's actually access to educational resources and to event in the community. Yeah. People really forget that T means token in NFT. Like, yes. you know, like you, you got to really kind of bring it back. Because, like, I mean, NFTs have been around for a long time. Like, you know, even like the rare Pepe trading on Bitcoin. Yep. Like, you know, it's been around for a long Now it's like this whole thing and people are very confused that they think it's an image and like they think it's tied to it, but it's a token. Yeah. It's like anything you use a token for. Like you go to Boomers or like you, yeah. you it's, you know, you, it's a it's a token to get in somewhere. It's your access key. Exactly. It's unfortunate that it's been, not unfortunate that it's been popularized in the way that it has, but it's unfortunate that the focus has been taken completely away from mm-hmm. the utility around it, right? And, you know, it's the same thing when you see with, with cryptocurrencies generally. Um, and, you know, I, I started in crypto in 2012, back when crypt, like Bitcoin was just at $90. A, a paper, right? It was, it was, it was a white like, paper. It was, well, yes, it was, it was nothing right at that point, right? And, you know, seeing it evolve and seeing how these different use cases have come out of blockchain, my hope is that people continue to get past the hype train into mm-hmm. like okay now we're here and we're at use use cases that affect everyday people it's like it's kind of like i i see it as almost like the cycle of grief you ever you ever see that like <laughs> it's like yes. it's just like the cycle of like accepting like this acceptance is the last part acceptance of the grief is the last and part. like and like it's seriously the important that's the only that's the only i've seen it like they get pissed off because they're like what digital money this is dumb and then they like try to rationalize oh why it can't work and then like and i'm sure there's a couple different steps in there but you know i, I see my friends kind of fall on left and right like friends that are totally against it and, yeah and now friends that i i I've only known the last year that are all crypto and I talked to their old buddies like I cannot believe Tony is all into crypto right now. <laughs> like <laughs> talked to him last year couldn't get him couldn't get him convinced. And it's so important to to understand that like this is a very fast evolving space yes. and the definition of NFT continues to change. Yes. And there if anyone ever tells you they're an expert, definitely run because they're not. They're not. And there isn't no there isn't a correct framework and 
I think the projects that we early that we invested in early on are not the same kind of projects that we'd be investing in now. Correct. And so it, I'll it's, say it's good to do your own research. <laughs> I, got some, I got some bags of just some awful yeah. projects. And we, but it's but honestly, it was in my experience. I think it was money well spent. It was like the best education I could have gotten was doing it myself and yeah. and spending some money, losing some money, uh, and ultimately realizing what I liked about the community. A lot of people have been experiencing a little bit of an overwhelming phase right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And 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 then they're starting to like, okay, now there is no balance in my life. This is taking up so much time. First, the f- then FOMO. Right. Everyone's got the FOMO going yeah. down. But I think it's important to understand why this exists to begin with, and it's the blockchain and it's a decentralized concept that matters. Not necessarily these PFP projects. It's a little bit beyond that. Mm-hmm. The community still matters. Let's not rush our market. Our ma- marvelous marketing skills to sell out a project and build community to drop it. Exactly. I think it's more important to build and uplift community than it is to raise it just to get enough people involved and then let it go. So projects like this, I'm willing to stand behind and spend my hundred dollars. I mean, come on, it's nothing. I spend my hundred dollars on this NFT where it gives me access to education to a community. And we know that they're there building because it's not one person. It's a tribe. It's a tribe. It's a community. And I, I, I love what you said because being in Web3 has pushed community to the forefront of actually being something of importance. Because we are constantly saying, if like nobody does sales anymore. Because everybody knows that if you build a proper community and everybody buys in to that community belief, that is a lot better of a, um, a, a pitch to people to say, you need to buy into this thing that we're doing. And it also spreads accountability better than I've seen um, in traditional models. And decentralized has its issues, right? It's, it's not perfect. Um, I'm not uh, advocating for everything being completely decentralized. I think there's there still needs to be some centralization that happens with certain types of projects, right? But it allows for more people to participate in a way that is extremely innovative and extremely interesting and builds these communities that people are finding real value in. Because when you can go and say, I've gotten these certificates, I've gotten these these friends and colleagues, everybody is is really putting faith and belief that I can be a part of something and I didn't even know what it was last week. That's so amazing. And that's amazing that we're able to build communities like this both digitally and then physically here in Miami. So I want to see more of those in Miami, honestly. Like, this is one organization that I think has been doing it right. And I hope that this is a model that we can kind of copy and say, this other community, this other community, this other community, we're building the exact same things with them because they resonate in the same way together. I was in a, in a Twitter space today and they were talking about some mental health things, of course, within uh, the Web3 space and a lot of the growth and all these different projects and all the potential that is happening, the metaverse. Yeah. And, and a lot of the people's concerns were like, you know, a lot of the issues that some of the mental health issues that people are going through is that isolation um, because you actually do live through a lot of isolation in the space because things get hyped up and then they disappear. Right. So then you you, you lose so much uh, because it's so fast so you went from feeling a sense of community to not feeling anything to feeling alone so those giant leaps and gaps and 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 parallels can be distressing and so i actually spoke and i said well we have everything i i offered a reframe to wag me so wag me is we're all gonna make make it it. and i said we already made it like what i we live in this beautiful planet and this beautiful place and we step outside and it's raining but it's still gorgeous we have palm trees sea levels rise a little bit but you know we're (laughs) still dry chris you know rain is king tide i get to laugh at you i get to hug you know strangers for the first time i mean life is good we can't forget that we don't need to constantly chase the we're gonna make it concept because we've already made it we have all these things in our lives already we have a community we should be proud of the growth that Miami has already been through. And that's what I'm saying. This city has an advantage because we don't just have these digital communities. We have these real communities where we come together. So we're supporting something that is an NFT, which is a digital piece of art, which is a digital community as well, an online right community.
community, but it also meets in person. So that is so valuable. And there needs to be an intersection between building these communities um, that are online and these communities that are in person in real life, because that is what I think is going to support that bridge of feeling isolation, you know, from one second to the next. Uh, We We are the model for that. Honestly, I I don't I don't know any city that is taking that task on to this degree, right? And there's still so much room to grow. So 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 much room to grow. But we are taking on the task of making sure that people understand there's not only accessibility by being in these digital and in-person communities, but there's accountability to make sure that people feel accepted as well. Because it's one thing to open the door, but then it's another, like you were saying with, with the example earlier, to usher people in and say, here's your seat, and, mm-hmm. and then take care of them like they belong there. And that, and that, and that really is a problem. We told the story of our, 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 our inception. And uh, when I first, the night I met John, uh, like I had already heard of Jolt Radio, and I, I knew this, and, and I told him I have a tech podcast. And his only experience with tech was like, a couple of years earlier, he went there, got some business cards, and was like, this is whack. I'm not doing <laughs> I'm not doing this. He took a he took a chance on me, and uh, but again, like you know, I think he was probably one of the convention centers or something where everyone's very yes with like you know, yeah, like you know. And I think that you know we definitely got it right this time yeah. in in this kind of like inclusive way. And now you guys are putting a flag in, letting you letting everyone know that hey, we're here. You know, anything we can do, how can I help? And yep. you know, that's not to that's then you know this version is not out to the world. This is like you know right here. How can I help? How do you say that in Spanish? <laughs> Como te puedo ayudar? Like, oh yeah? yeah. Do we have that? Do we have that? Do we have that shirt made with the? We don't, but let's make one. Yeah, well, listen, uh, we're gonna make that shirt. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we make. have. I have the. How can I help? Yeah. I got him one too. Actually, that's why it's on our cover ah, of our podcast. Okay. Um, it's because it's how we met. So gotcha. it was like, how can I help? Which is our kind of vibe too. Yeah. So we we were laughing, and now I was like, wait a second, there isn't an how can I help in Spanish shirt. What's wrong with yeah. us? This is Miami. Yeah, Kelly, we're we're making the shirt. We're, yeah. we're gonna that's do good. it. This is a new announcement (laughs) live on air. We're going to make that shirt in In Spanish. Spanish. In Spanish. How could I? There's no reason why that shouldn't happen. Yeah. We're going to do that. Yeah. Because, like, you know, yeah. I mean, everyone just goes, yeah, to Wynwood, you go to Midtown, you go, but like, you know, everything in between, like, you know, like at the, you know, again, out at the Lula office, like in Kendall. Like it's you know like there's a lot of people that probably just can't even read. How can yeah, I help? And yeah. and that's and that's who you're trying to help. And, exactly. And yeah. Uh, well, yeah, amplifying our communities here. So, tell us anything else you guys want to share that you want to like let us know things that you're go- that are going on that you're in the works that you can share. I know there's probably plenty <laughs> you can't, but um, yeah. feel free. Right now is the moment. Um, any call to actions? Yeah. So I'll start. So just um. I want everybody to know that our DMs and our emails and everything, we're open. And if anybody needs any help connecting or needs um, some resources, that's what we're here to do. Um, so I encourage people to get in touch if there's anything that, you know, that we can do to help. That is literally what we're here for. Secondly, um, I would we have a, a hiring fair in the heart of Miami Tech Month on April 14th. I encourage everyone to put that on their calendars and, and come check it out. Right now, we have over 40 companies uh, signed up. We're trying to have about 100. Um, So there will be many, many jobs available for um, our local community. Um, And yeah, and and just follow us on our social media. That's where we do all our big announcements. We have a lot of events um, lined up for the rest of the year. But yeah, we won't tease them out quite yet. (laughs) Um, I think there's so many things in my mind right now, but I'll just say two of them. So... Thing number one, um, if you are a techie um, currently or even want to be, I'm, I'm going to stop doing that. So if you want to be and you're in the space, um, I'm holding an open community meeting on Thursday uh, in order for people to get access to start having conversations about building around Miami coin and actually building an ecosystem and environment around Miami coin. Uh, and on Twitter, uh, Kelly has put out uh, a, a tweet and she could uh, repost it again through Venture Miami to make sure that people um, can have access to that. And if you DM us, we will give you all the rest of the details so that you can come. And then I'll be doing a more public one where the information will be available to everyone, a second uh, meeting later this month so that people can have access to that. So you can participate in what Miami Coin is becoming and how we're going to make it usable 
uh, for citizens and the social benefit of citizens moving forward. And then the only thing, other thing I'll say is uh, Venture Miami is, is here to stay. And we have long-term plans to affect the city of Miami um, for years to come. And so what I really, really hope uh, from our efforts is that we start thinking long-term because all this energy and all the movement that's happening in Miami is something that's happening now in this moment. Uh, and much like Mayor Suarez kind of continues to push out, this is a moment, but this tech ecosystem that's being built is a movement and it's going to happen beyond this moment. But we need to continue to work together to find out ways to make it more sustainable over time and make our ecosystem more robust. And that's by integrating our community that exists here already into the conversation and having them participate more strongly. So I think that wraps it up. For yeah. Me. I love yeah. it. So, and if you want to mint your um, Tuttle Tribe, it's web3equity.io and yes. you'll be able to mint there. So set up your wallets. It's like what, $120, whatever ETH is at right now. Under- 0.05 ETH. Yeah, so 0.05 ETH. So set it up. You can mint up to five and see you all tomorrow morning. See you Let's all wrap it up. So, morning. you know, you can listen Wonderful. to us Tuesdays live. On Jolt Radio. At five. Thanks again. 